Well, somebody in here thinks Justin Herbert has the best hair in the NFL. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Up in your wishbone. Out my wishbone. In your wishbone. No. No. No, no, that moment's gone. That moment's gone. Welcome back to Huddle Up a Football Podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Daniel and Corey, as always. Glad to have Ooh. you back. What up? So, week one's in the books. Uh, the bets didn't go real well for you guys. Well, Daniel, how did yours go? Yeah. yeah, three and one. Oh, wow. Sorry, Daniel. Sorry, Corey. Sorry, Corey. We'll get into that later. Um, what did we talk about last week? What was last week's show? like season predictions and oh bold predictions bold predictions some, bold predictions some bold ones okay okay so we didn't we, you know we we sat here together and we talked just we just now we just sat here for like a half hour and jacked around talking about everything except for football and i don't think we ever actually decided officially finally we've thrown some stuff around throughout the day what we we're going to talk about we never actually really fully decided what we we're going to talk about uh let's look at week one let's decide now we'll look back at week one and let's find some things that raised some eyebrows and decide, is it too soon to make a decision or not? Uh, you know, whether it's good or bad or whatever it would be, something that got our attention. And uh, because sometimes, you know, sometimes we talk about fantasy football in, on this podcast. And when you look at players in the fantasy football world, if you don't make that decision fast enough and you're not correct, then you're too late and you miss out on the opportunity. This isn't exactly the case in, you know, as a general fan of the game. But let's go ahead and put that, uh, put that same precedent on it. Let's, let's call our shots, kind of. When we look at some things that happened in week one, let's just make the determination now um, on whether or not we think that that is the reality or whether there's some smoke there that, that we still have to see through. What do you think, I think? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good to me. Okay. Anything, have anything, anybody have anything at the top of their minds they just have to get off their chests? We had two overtimes. We had two two overtime games. One of them was a tie. Do you want to talk about the Colts, Corey? How do you feel about this? Rodrigo Blankenship hey. is dead. He's no more. Rodrigo, Rodrigo got, damn, listen. Long live the kicker. Chris Ballard pulled out, pulled the old dusty shotgun out of the safe, and he railed him out back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately, like, and I felt this way too, like, I get it. You're going to miss a field goal every now and then. And sometimes it just happens to be the important one. Because, I mean, earlier in the day, you hit a field goal. He hit both extra points, Gucci, Manucci. And then, you know, when time comes, he missed it. That's going to happen. But he, I think the big thing was is the two kickoffs that went out of bounds, especially the last one that totally changed the field position. And when the Colts get the ball last in overtime, they're on their own 10 opposed to maybe their own 25 or 30 or Matt Ryan completes one pass and you're damn near in field goal range again to try another kick. Um, I mean, hell, if you can't, if you can't kick the ball in bounds on a 50 yard wide field, like what are we doing here? So I think that was a big thing. Um, I mean, obviously here in Indy being around Colts fans, everybody's just distraught. I mean, everybody's, you know, ready to jump off the bridge, but, we're going to be fine. We're, we're, we're undefeated boys. 
There's a whole season ahead of us. We just had one game knocked off the schedule. That's 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 all. We got 16 games to get it figured out. We're going to be okay. The offense, besides the mistakes, really just besides the mistakes, uh, the Colts are going to be okay. They can clean those up. We dominated Houston. We just coughed up the ball too much. We're going to be fine. Matt Ryan looked good. JT looked good. We're going to be good. Uh, Daniel, think, yeah, anything. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think Matt Ryan looked good the second half. He did not look good the first half. It almost looked like a downgrade from Carson Wentz there for a little bit. In what way? He did. He just didn't. He looked like he was like washed and done. Like the ball, just no pace, bad decisions. I, I did not think like the Colts came out wanting to pass and they have Jonathan Taylor. And so I think it was just a classic Frank Reich getting cute when he shouldn't type type deal. When you, I mean, you're a ground and pound, good defensive team. Stick to your identity. And Matt Ryan is very capable, and Michael Pittman is an absolute beast, and we know that now, and we've known that for a while. But I, Matt Ryan looked a lot better when Jonathan Taylor was um, distracting a lot more of the defense. You know, early on in the game, it was like they were kind of abandoning their identity, and they, they could maybe read Matt Ryan a little bit more. But Matt Ryan looked better as the game went on rather than in the very beginning. Just like anybody would in week one of the NFL season. I didn't think he looked that bad throughout the whole game. I, anytime he stepped back and made a decisive rip, I always felt like it was going to find its target. I mean, I know he had the the screen pass interception, which I think was more of a hell of a play by Jerry Hughes, but still something he needs to think, you know, Matt Ryan should consider when he throws that ball. But, I mean, I think that's just a, a football play there. I I, I, thought, I thought he looked good. I think Are you guys still confident in Frank Reich? Uh, so a couple of things. First of all, to address Matt Ryan, I think that Matt Ryan gave us exactly what we wanted to see. Uh, I wasn't disappointed in Matt Ryan at all, except for uh, a couple of botched uh, snaps. You know, which will be that won't be an issue for the rest of the season. Should, I can promise see, you that's that. easy to fix. Yep, that's not going to be an issue for the rest of the season. When we run into this is really the first time. I mean, Matt, they they practice together, right? But it's not the same, man. It's just absolutely not the same. Um, and it's, it's clear to me that something as simple as literally taking the football from the guy in front of you, like when you don't have extra opportunities to practice that, right? Things go wrong. Things get messed up. I felt like as a, as a quarterback, Matt Ryan did everything that we wanted him to do. He could throw the deep ball. He was precise. He was accurate. He was targeting receivers. I thought it was really great. We joked every time Paris Campbell caught the ball, Melissa and I looked at each other, and we didn't look at the TV. We thought, oh, God, this is the one. Paris Campbell, he's done. Nope, Paris Campbell had a decent game, three catches. <laughs> so he, Paris Campbell made it through the game, so that's possible. Wait, he completed a pass without tearing something? He, com- he right. caught three hey. of them, and nothing. Hey, Paris, Paris Campbell made it through the eliminator pool this week, boys. Let's go. Uh, Michael Pittman was the focal point of the passing game, and Jonathan Taylor rushed 31 times. In all of those things, I've, I've got nothing to say. You know, there's nothing bad to talk about. The rookie Alec Pierce did drop a, a target in the red zone that I think he should have caught, but he's a rookie. His first opportunity, <laughs> a big moment, he missed it. And uh, now he's got a concussion. I hope everything's okay with him. I'd Alec, like to see him back. Alec Pierce had a rough week one. It was one of those week ones that could end a career. Like he, he I, I hope to God he can come back and be productive, but you drop a wide open touchdown in the end zone that you should have had, and you got knocked the fuck out too. So hopefully he's got the confidence to come back and be a stud, but 
Uh, we'll I, see what happens. We'll see. Uh, there is concern. I do have issues with play calling. You know, now that we're here talking about, about the Colts, let's go ahead and make this our first talking point. Um, looking back, Frank Reich, I believe that it's time for Frank Reich to pass the playbook over to somebody else, for somebody else to be making play calls. I appreciate the Agreed. gutsiness. I like going for it on fourth down. When, we're, when it's fourth and two, and you've got Jonathan Taylor, and you got Michael Pittman, and you got these guys. You know, you got these huge tight ends. We've got some of the biggest tight ends in the league. And Matty Ice. I mean, why not go for it? I'm cool with going for it every single time. But why are, we, why are the Colts in a wildcat formation with their starting quarterback on the outside? That is the part where it makes no sense to me. We get yeah, just take him off the, the fucking the, field. The part that makes no sense is Naeem Hines getting that snap. Right. If it's Jonathan Taylor with a head full of steam coming out of the backfield, Wildcat, sure, it's just a oddly designed run play. But you've got Jonathan Taylor not even involved in the play. That's the problem. You know, those are the plays, and we'll, we'll see a couple of them. I believe we'll see one every game. We saw one almost every game last year. We'll see one almost every game this year. And, and every time, everyone will shake their heads because it won't work. And it's hard to oh, say. Sometimes, sometimes it works. I mean, we can't say it never works. Well, I mean, he's not he's not special anymore, Frank Reich, about going for it on fourth and short. Everyone's doing it now. So it's like, I agree with you, Tony. It's like, get somebody else in there that will also go for it on fourth and short when you should. And guess what? They're going to be a special play caller like Frank Reich was considered, you know, at first. Sure, sure. Um, and I, I do like Frank Reich as the head coach. I just want him to not be calling plays anymore. Um, quick question. If the Colts go down to Jacksonville this weekend and lose... Do you think that ju- that justifies the firing of Frank Reich? No, no. Yes, really. They won't fire. Yes, him. I would not be surprised if Ursay just if he brought his old dusty shotgun out and <laughs> I'd be shocked. They just he just got look, an extension. Look, Ursay Ursay's getting un- impatient. Like we we saw it with Carson Wentz. They gave up a first round pick to get Carson Wentz, and they cut him loose in one season. the 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 leash is short now, and and. They feel like they have a winning franchise and a Super Bowl winning team. And if you've got a team that's underperforming two weeks in a row in division, teams they should slaughter, I think absolutely Frank Reich would be on the chopping block. And I would be surprised if they if they come into Jacksonville and extremely disappoint, I'd be surprised if Frank Reich lasts halfway through the season. Well, and that's what I was going to say. If there's going to be a point where they cut ties with Frank Reich, it's going to be probably halfway through the season. He just got paid. The money's guaranteed. Ursay is very loyal. And the team just made a bunch of bunch of changes where Frank kind of got to call the shots last time around and it didn't work out. So he didn't get to call the shots this time around. So these things that we're seeing here, I mean, the only thing that the Colts have uh, suffered by his hand, really, in my opinion, is that one bad play call. Everything else was fine. You can't blame him for the miss kicked. You can't blame him for the drop pass. You can't blame him for, you know, there's so many other things you can't blame him for. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to get, I think he got some of his leash back because he probably got put in the doghouse with upper management. Uh, and, and you're right. I agree. If the team doesn't get together quickly, he's got half a season. But there, I, I do believe it's going to be a winning football team halfway through the year. I don't think he's going to have anything to worry about. And it would, it would cost the Colts organization so much money to cut him. And then who will they replace him with? Do, are they going to find a winning coach today? No. Sean Payton. He's on the street right now. Uh, is Sean Payton still under contract? I don't know. They'd figure something out to get somebody in there. I feel like he's still under contract. 
Well, typically if there's a mid-season firing, there's not a hiring until the end of the season. So they would have whoever, I don't even know who our offensive coordinator is. Sure. sure. That person would probably step in as the as the head coach so, or the, our defensive coordinator. Whoever. So we started off with, this was good. So we just reacted to what we saw from the Colts. Let's move on. Corey, Daniel, do either of you have something else that you want to react to? Yeah, the statement that the Dallas Cowboys have been officially eliminated from the playoff contention of 2022. <laughs> uh, what do we think about that after yeah, talking about dude. him last week? They weren't a playoff team with Dak Prescott. Yeah. We yeah. were calling him mid-range, you know. Mid-range I think we were calling him like top 16, 17. I think is where we put him in the rankings. But that's true. I mean, this this throws him out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I would think it's going to take an absolute miracle. I mean, it'll so, take. A miracle. Uh, how about them announcing he's going to miss six to eight, and then they don't put him in IR? They just decide that they're going to force him back early. Is well, maybe he's can. Well, the reason they no did clue. that apparently something to do with practice. If you're on IR, you can't be in the practice facility. You can't do... I don't know. I didn't read the rules with that. But it has something to do with Dak's availability to the team if he's on IR. That's what I understood. Now, what it, what it might actually be is they're trying to rush him back to hurt, thinking that they have a chance to win a Super Bowl that they don't actually have a chance to win. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that is very strange. Oh, poor old Jerry Jones, man. Um We've been saying this for many years now, but I think the man's lost his touch. Everything okay? Um, Everything's good over here. Okay, good. Just had a little whooping cough to get out. Um, My 49ers went and got blown out by the Bears in the fucking swamp up there. Um, I think that is the toughest scenario that Trey Lance could have been put in week one of a new season, playing in... Field conditions that should not exist. That is unbelievable that that was even a thing. Did you guys see the video of the water pouring out of the top of the stadium and the guy's <laughs> yeah. popcorn? <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Yes. No, I didn't Dude. see that. The guy was acting like he was going to eat it, and it was like this waterfall. You could barely like, grab the popcorn. It, like, you could see people just, like, it was so much water. Like, it, was, it had to be splattering, like, 10 feet. Like, it, it was cleared out. Like, fans were just, like squished up against each other while this water poured from the upper deck and, and he's getting absolutely drenched by the way like every yeah, yeah. piece of clothing is water <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> that sounds horrible so i'm not i'm not worried about the 49ers i think yeah throw it out very fluky game yeah. whatever i don't understand what the situation was with the field why why it would ever be like that that was horrible I, i've never seen anything like that did you see, like, the sidelines and shit? Was, they were all squiggly. So, like, if you have somebody catch a ball on the sideline, how do you, like, that's not a real inbounds or out of bounds because they fucked up the lines. It now, was all squiggly and shit. On the TV, yeah, they, were, they actually had to put the overlay in for the entire field. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, you weren't you looking at the actual the lines on the TV. The numbers were underwater. Yes. 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Having hey, said how about that, we build a dome? Build a dome. They are. They are. Yeah. I know, but we need to replace all outdoor. I mean, I know, you know, traditional football is played outdoors, blah, blah, blah. But this ruins the viewership. I mean, it really does. I mean, let that be a playoff game in the snow. Like, that's what I would enjoy. But, like, the rain and, like, that just ruins everything. 
first game of the season throws everybody off and I don't know. I don't like it. The Bears shouldn't have <laughs> the Bears are not a good football team and they won. So that, that tells you right there. Uh yeah. The Bears are not a great football team. They did one. Trey Lance was about he was less than fifty percent completions. Uh he did rush thirteen times. Twenty one would be. He was the leading rusher, uh, with fifty four yards on almost twice as many attempts as the wide receiver, Debo Samuel. Elijah Mitchell was hurt. Um, I'm telling you guys now, I wish you would just accept it, but San Francisco is a dumpster fire. This is real. What we saw in Chicago would have happened in the flowering fields of Green Bay. It would have happened in... Not double down on this. You're going to feel stupid here in a couple weeks. It would have happened on the beaches of Jacksonville or Miami, and it would have happened right here in our very own dome in Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll find out. They play in San Francisco this week. The most damning thing that I think I saw this week was uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Cincinnati game. Steelers at Bengals. And I thought, man, the Bengals look like shit. Right? Joe Burrow's thrown four interceptions. There's been a fumble. And I was like, well, Joe Burrow did have hernia surgery. He was away from the team for a while. He's kind of banged up. They've got the Super Bowl hangover. Losing team at the Super Bowl really typically performs pretty poorly, right? There's all this stuff. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, what the fuck are the Steelers doing that they've turned the ball over five times, and they're only winning by a field goal at the last minute of overtime? <laughs> like, yeah, blowing the game. Like, how did That's that they happen? Were trying, they were trying to do it. And so when I look at the stat line, this was a 1 o'clock game. I was caught up in watching the Colts game. I don't want to talk about the Colts anymore, but that's what I was doing during this game. Maybe I should have gone back and watched this game because it did interest me as I saw it on Red Zone. Um, Looking at the stat line, nobody did a really poor job. Uh, Just on paper, it all looks okay. Uh, Shout out to Pratt Fryermuth, by the way. People have been saying his name for a while, but he showed up in a big way in this game. As far as tight ends go, it looks like he's he's the guy at the tight end position, uh, at least for now. But what was it? Did Daniel, were you watching this game? Corey, were you watching it? How the fuck did Pittsburgh take the ball away from the Bengals five times and barely squeak out a win? Well, Trubisky was 21 of 38. I said his QBR was 48. I don't, he had good. one touchdown, zero interceptions. I don't understand why his QBR is so low. Well, because um, his completion percentage was like 50%. <laughs> Well, he's over 50. It's over 50. I mean, it's better than Trey Lance was, but what what do I know? Yeah, well, Tony, throw out that game in Chicago, please. Uh, I So for some reason, my format over here on my screen's a little weird. I can't see names, but I see uh, running. Somebody had six carries for 36 yards, and somebody had 10 carries for 23 yards. Chase Claypool, so one, Najee Harris, two. Um, they had some issues running the ball. That That's for sure. Okay. I still don't get it. I'm concerned about this team. I expected, I think we all expected them to at so least Pittsburgh be con- sucks. That's what you're saying. I'm saying I'm concerned. Okay. I'm not, I'm not taking as hard a stance on Pittsburgh as I am the 49ers. I know the 49ers suck. I know they're making, well, they lost their bet. Dude. Okay. The 49ers let's move back on to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh lost. Pittsburgh lost their best player in the meantime. TJ Watt, he got a second opinion. He's actually not out for the season. Um, but but that didn't help what, us. I think, what was it, like six to, six to eight weeks? Well, I'm, I'm feeding into your Pittsburgh sucks um, notion that, here. That doesn't help the argument because Pittsburgh defense didn't suck. The defense is what carried them through this game. That's what gave him a shot in the first place. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, yeah, he threw the picks, but 
I'll have to go back and watch because I, I saw each pick, but I don't know if they're bad decisions by Burrow or if they were good plays by Pittsburgh. Which one, one of them? Mink, Minka Fitzpatrick, the one that was pick six early, that was a good defensive play. Okay, good, good. Now, on its face, which one are you more concerned about? The Pittsburgh stealing, losing, winning by three points with five turnovers, or the Cincinnati Bengals having such a poor offensive outing? I think defensively, Pittsburgh both teams, what I am both more teams did play with. well defensively. So I will Team say over that. team, I'm more concerned with Pittsburgh moving forward. Okay, Cincinnati, I, I chalked this up as kind of an anomaly. You know, if it wasn't for all the turnovers, they may have blown them out. And one of them went for six. So it's yes. not like Pittsburgh was scoring, you know, at will. That's why. Um, that's part of why Trubisky's um, QBR is going to be low too, is because some of that scoring came from defense. Not offense wasn't even on the field there. Yeah, so I, I'm far more concerned about Pittsburgh than I am Cincinnati. Okay, Corey, any thoughts? It's such. It's kind of a weird game too. Um, I mean, last week I said I don't think there's. I think there's a good chance Bengals don't make the playoffs this year. So. I mean, maybe this is the start of that. I don't know. It's tell you what, early. as a Ravens, as a Ravens fan, I was thrilled to see Pittsburgh win because I knew yep. they weren't going to get many of them this year, <laughs> and I needed Cincinnati to be in the losing column. As a Colts fan, I was really thrilled to see the Titans lose to the Giants to oh, that field goal. That was amazing. That was beautiful. And Saquon, by the way, Saquon Barkley. Back. He looks like he's back. Does anybody have anything else that we saw that stood out that we think could be real, could be smoke, or is everything else kind of status quo moving forward? I mean, uh, I just, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say. Buffalo looks like the real deal. Josh Allen looks like a stud. Um, yeah, Buffalo kind of looks like they're about to win it all. Yeah, that's why they are the favorite, right? They're the favorite to... Yep. Green Bay had a horrible outing, but they got blown out in week one last year and they came back and recovered and, you know, were major players in the NFC by the end of the year. They always seem to get blown out week one. Yeah. Um, Baker did not look good in his debut with the Panthers. I think they're going to be struggling to find an answer and they're going to end up drafting somebody this year, which is, I think, what we kind of all predicted. Um, I think the Rams will bounce back. I think That's, I was just about to say that ring Rams. ceremony night, not a lot, not a whole lot on the line week one for them. I think they're going to get their shit together. They're probably getting some ass ripping this week and they're going to, they're going to come back to form here in the next week or two. Yep. Probably this week at home with the Falcons. I think they're going to, they yeah, might tear them apart. Oh, there's a revenge game. Yeah. Not a revenge game, but a, yeah, I guess it's a revenge, revenge game. Yeah. Sean McVay said it after the game. He said, this one's on me. We were not ready to play. They're going to be ready to play this week. Yep. 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 Good for him. Uh, the Lions. Sorry. The Lions were fun to watch. Yeah. Lions were a lot of fun to watch. Oh, they didn't get the dub. Nope. Almost. They were winning, I think, until the very last minute. Um, but, But they were in it. They're the third highest. I think it looks like third or fourth highest scoring team in football this week. So. Shout out to that. Yeah, what a great what a great game that was. Thirty eight yeah. to thirty five. I mean Lions when's the last time you seen the Lions put up thirty five offensive points? It's been years. Corey, anything else? I feel like they definitely did it last year. Um 
Yeah, there was one thing. Oh, uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams looked really good. They, they, they looked, looked so really insane. good. Uh, that division is going to be really tough. Um, I still don't love the uh, the Broncos. Obviously, they lost to the fucking Seahawks. But, hey, <laughs> when I turned that game on, that was the loudest I've ever heard a crowd on TV was that the, the Seahawks fans when Russell Wilson was on the field. That was unreal. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, they were throwing stuff at him, too, when he came out. I don't know about that. Yeah, I understand that was kind of a bad breakup, but from a guy who was real close to the building when his franchise quarterback just quit on the team in the third week of preseason uh, and the other the fans around him were booing, you know, I get it. I really do get that. I also remember when Peyton Manning came back to Lucas Oil, uh, he was greeted with, of course we booed, right? When the team, when the Broncos come out, you boo. That's the way it works. Uh, but, uh, but he was not booed. It was a totally different feeling. And something about Seattle really just hates, hates the kid. They just hate him. And <laughs> maybe that's fine. I get it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you got a Super Bowl out of the deal. Yeah, it didn't end the way you wanted it to, but you got a Super Bowl out of it. There were a lot Multiple of good moments. appearances, too. Yeah, a lot I mean, of they should be thankful. A lot of good memories there. And uh, without Russell Wilson, I don't know that any of that happens. So I'm not, I'm not saying they were right or wrong. It was really loud. I'll give them that. The 12th man is still a thing. They're going to they're just show up every week no matter what. So that's cool as hell to see. I, I, do, I do kind of think shame on them, though. Shame on the 12th man. What do you think about that, Corey? I know you and I disagree when it comes to that stuff. Like you, you would probably uh, say just punch his face into the ground and fucking step. light him up. There, yeah. <laughs> there we go. You, you bought it. Do whatever the fuck. I mean, don't throw shit at him. I mean, we don't give him the chair. You. I mean, if you bought a little stuffy at the pro shop and it's like cotton, yeah, throw it at him. But yeah, I mean, don't try to hurt him. <laughs> I don't think. Let me back up. Because I don't Full think they should be unopened. They shouldn't be Shut cheering that. for Russell Wilson. <laughs> they shouldn't be helping him win. I'm not saying that at all. But there was something about the atmosphere, if that makes sense, that was just it was just confusing to me. And it's not like I I shouldn't say shame on them. I said that, I shouldn't have said that. But it's just a very confusing feeling. And I don't understand the level of animosity. That's all. Well, it's like it's like people who uh, Whenever, so Andrew, the Colts fans found out Andrew Luck retired in the middle of a football game with no explanation, nothing. Like, there's so much emotion in an NFL fan base. Like, you, you can't always make the right decision at the in the moment. Obviously, the Andrew Luck thing's totally different, but I mean, overall, I don't think Colts fans hate Andrew Luck just because they, you know, they boo him. We're talking about a week one matchup in the NFL where your team's playing the guy who just left you. Like, you're going to do whatever it takes, you know? Yep, and I do get that. I accept that. Yeah, I don't see a problem there. Yeah, I shouldn't have made it seem like a problem. It's not a problem. There was just, there's just something, I'm telling you, man, there was just something about it. It was next level. Next level. Oh, I loved it. It was. They they were so loud. (laughs) I wish I was there. Yeah, I, I do. I do wish I was there. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, you'd be right in with him. You'd be like, Whoa. well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> screw that guy. I always, I always he cheer sucks. for the home team. Louder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, 
I'm ready to move on to the best bets of the week. You ready? All right. Let's do it. Best bets of the week. Uh, welcome back to Best Bets of the Week. Oh, uh, say it with on. your chest, Corey. The, the wind is taken out of his sails. There, he's like, "Hey, everybody, uh, this is Best Bets. I mean, this here is, they are. This is Best Bets of the Week. Um, I went zero and four last week. Daniel went. Daniel went three and one last week. Way to go, Daniel! Thank you. Uh, it's a new week. It's a new week. It's a new week. Uh, surely we can't do that bad, but we probably will. <laughs> no, I actually feel really good about this week's picks. Uh, we got some redemption games in here. We got my Colts in here. I'll just start off there. I got the Colts minus four at Jacksonville. It's real fucking scary, but it, we we have we have to blow them out, right? There's like there's there's not another option. So Colts minus four and a half at Jacksonville, I, I, right? <laughs> every, uh, you, every, you it's your bet. It's your bet, Corey. Does everybody agree? <laughs> Should be the easiest uh, one of the week. No, no, I think I think the mistakes are going to be tightened up this week. The Colts' offense looked incredible. I don't. Daniel said Matt Ryan looked rusty to start. He's ripping the ball. He's confident. He warmed up. He warmed He's, up though. The the run game's still there. I will. I don't know if anybody wants to take a bet on this. Uh, shot bet Colts are going to open up with a play action pass against the Jaguars for like probably like 10 or 15 yards. We don't have to put the yardage in the bet, but they're gonna, Colts are going to open up with a play, uh, play action pass. Matt Ryan's going to rip it and we're going to start the game out hot. Um, well, I'll put a shot on that. Can it, uh, let's, let's call it play action pass for a first down. No, no, I said no yardage. Okay. Play action pass. Yeah, yeah, dude, you got you got like a sixty six percent chance to win because they could do a regular pass or they could run it. Put it on the board. I'll, All right, I'll, I'll put it I'll on put, the board. I'll bet that. All right, it's on the board. Who's your first over under? Um, I actually changed mine mid show. I had New England Pittsburgh. I hate that game this week, but the over under is forty, and so I'm taking it out literally live right here. Um, that, that over under, there's so many over unders that are so incredibly low that bait you into taking the over that or uh, the under that I just don't like it. So I'm gonna move on to my next one, and I'm gonna eventually have all overs this week now. Uh, my first one, Seattle at San Francisco. Close your ears, Tony. Redemption game for San Francisco. Um, Seattle did not look incapable. Ken Walker's playing this week too. Um, Geno Smith looked okay. Uh, but still, they put the over-under at 41-and-a-half, okay? Super low, I feel like, especially with San Francisco um, coming in here. They, they should they should take care of business, but Seattle and San Francisco to not combine for 41-and-a-half points, I would be shocked, especially <laughs> in San Francisco, good weather. I'm all in. Over 41-and-a-half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tony's just over here making faces. <laughs> I, I can't even see Tony. My thing is still screwed up. I wish I could have. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, game two of the week, I just looked at it again, and I don't love it, but we just talked about it. The Rams are going to come back. They're going to light it the fuck up. They're playing Atlanta. Mariota didn't look bad last week, but it is Marcus Mariota. We'll see what happens. The, the Rams are going to zip it up. They're at home. Um I expect them to just go off this week. I, I don't like taking these big spreads. There's a lot of them this week. There are a lot. Um, I just, if it, it feels like a Rams blowout to me, um, they've got the firepower to do it. And 
I think Sean McVay is going to tell them they have to do it. So, uh, yeah, Rams minus 10 and a half at home versus Atlanta. Love it. Uh, my next game here is a game that I'm going to be rooting for this week. A lot of fantasy implication to Arizona at Las Vegas. Um, the over-under is sitting at 51 and a half. I am taking the over. I feel like it's going to be a, a kind of a script like it was last week with Arizona and Kansas City. Um, Kansas City just having their way with Arizona. Arizona's defensive backs and secondary is just absolute trash. And so we were talking about Devontae Adams tearing it up earlier. This is a game where Devontae Adams could have the exact same stat line, if not better than last week. Uh, plus Darren Waller getting in the mix. I, I really like Las Vegas offense this week. Um, and then Arizona will do just enough to keep up, um, but probably not win this one either. But um, Kyler Murray, you know, he's he's capable of keeping the offense at least within, you know, a two touchdowns or so of a, of a game uh, like they did last week. They got absolutely blown out, but they still hit the over by a lot in that Kansas City Arizona game last week. That was the one that I lost. So I'm taking the over on it this time, 51 and a half. By the way, I said last week Chiefs would win the Super Bowl and I'm loving that right now. Yeah, they came Pat out Mahomes, looked, five touchdowns. They already. came out and looked sharper than anybody. Anybody in the whole league, they looked so good, except for maybe the Ram or the Bills. Maybe Buffalo. Yeah, yeah maybe Buffalo. Yeah. They looked yeah. really, really good. There is something uniquely special about him. And I know. Yeah, if he- it wasn't for like a weird, like catch and here you go interception and a James Cook fumble, they would have won that game like 50 to 10. Yeah. It would have been so bad. There's yeah, just dude. something about him that's. We, we keep saying that. And I'm sorry to seem so stupid by saying it again, but. I'll just leave it there. I don't want to say anything too bold, but I'll just leave it there. Yeah, I mean, he might run away with MVP this year after, like, week 10. It might already be in the books. So, yeah. Um, Third game of the week, I've got the Houston Texans plus nine and a half at the Broncos. Um, Oh, man, you really hate the Broncos. I just, they, I mean, overall, they didn't, you know, they underperformed last week. And overall, I don't feel that they're that good of a, you know, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're Super Bowl team like you do. I, I don't, I can see them not making the playoffs. And Houston, uh, Davis, Davis Mills looks good, man. He, he steps back, he rips it, he's confident, he makes quick decisions. I, Houston's first of all Houston's doing the right thing by just building around like they're not they're not reaching for the QB right now they're just building the team and they've got a serviceable guy right now that could turn into their future um Davis Mills was the number one high school recruit coming out of his class and he kind of underperformed in college but here in the NFL he's really shown up um I I like I think the Texans overperform a little bit this week I still think the Broncos win uh but I think this game's gonna be closer than Vegas thinks. My next one is uh, a battle of NFC North showdown here, uh, teams. Chicago at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay looked awful week one. Um, It would have been all different if Christian Watson would have caught his wide-open touchdown uh, for like 60-something yards and started off the game right. Um, And then Chicago last week, Justin Fields didn't look terrible. Um, He made some good decisions. He rushed it a lot. Um, So he may have progressed a lot during this offseason, which I hope. Uh, But this over-under was just too low for me. 
Um, it was at 42. And so I feel like even though it's a division, um, Green Bay secondary did not look hot last week. They just did not have an answer for Justin Jefferson. Um, and then Chicago with Darnell Mooney, he could do um, he could do some good things. And plus they have a couple good running backs there in Chicago that could, that could make it happen. So um, I, I like that this game go, goes over 42. I'm taking the over. Uh, my final game of the week, I've got the Jets plus six and a half of the Browns. It's a uh, battle of backup quarterbacks. I don't know, man. I just uh, it's I just don't see the Jets losing out with Joe Flacco. I see them getting a win somewhere, and I feel like this is a good place for them to do it. I don't know if they win this game, but I think I don't think the Browns have enough. I get I just don't think they have enough juice to cover seven. You know, obviously they can, but. Just on paper, I think it's a lot closer game than Vegas sees it. I, I would have liked to see this game as Jets maybe plus two and a half, three and a half. And whenever I see something like that, I, I tend to take take where I see the value. So I just see a lot of value with the Jets here. I feel like this could be a real stinker of a game. Um, or they could surprise us and put up a bunch of points. You never know. But uh, give me Joe Flacco and the Jets to cover six and a half at the Browns. Yeah, I mean, this is already the lowest over under the week, and then you know you have a, a touchdown spread in there. I mean, it could go, it could swing either way, big time. Um, my last game is Monday night, Minnesota at Philadelphia, and I'm going to bank on Kirk Cousins here to keep this offense rolling. Um, Dalvin Cook did not have a good game, uh, but Minnesota still showed out. Justin Jefferson may be the best wide receiver in the NFL. And uh, Philadelphia had a fantastic game, scored 38 points, albeit, you know, against the Lions. But um, I feel like this is going to be a, uh, a prime time, not necessarily a, a big shootout, but a game that is competitive on both sides of the ball here. Um, so 50 and a half is the over under. And I'm going to take the over on Monday night. And we're going to be blessed with a good Monday night game. I hope you go on four. <laughs> Thank you. I bet you do. I bet you do. Hey, you had mentioned that um, Justin Fields played pretty well, didn't you? Like he had improved a lot from last he looked, year. He looked a lot better than last year. He really did. Yeah, I made you say it again because he played on the same field that Trey Lance played on, by the way. Um, and you blamed, no, no, he just he blamed on flashes. Maybe it's because Justin Fields would have played horrible. I would not have held it against him. I'll say that. Maybe it's just because uh, Justin Fields practices in the swamp. Maybe that's the maybe that's why. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's used Guy completed eight passes. <laughs> but he looked like when he rushed, though, the passes that he completed looked, they were good decisions. They looked good, but he also had some good scrambles, and he didn't look terrible is what I, he, he looked terrible last year at times. But it, it, no. during that game, he had some flashes that I liked. You don't, get they to, were, you don't get to say he showed flashes when he completed eight fucking passes, dude. How many complete, how, how many passes did he attempt? 17. Wipe this game off the board. This game doesn't yeah, matter. I agree. Wipe nothing. the game completely out. It means nothing, but he just had enough flash to where I like the over in this game, and I think he might be able to compete with Green Bay a 11, little bit. 28. Oh, what do you, Trey Let Lance, me tell you this. Trey Lance completed more passes and rushed for more yards than Justin Fields. I thought we were, I thought we were wiping this one off the board. No, but let me say this. Green Bay, this may be the blowout of the week. I hate Chicago in this one. When I said that this game is going to hit the over, 
I'm I'm predicting Chicago to maybe score like 10 points. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Green Bay is going to mop the floor with Chicago this week. Write that down. I will give anyone a shot. Tony, you, or uh, Corey, you did not have this in your over-unders. I will I will bet anyone a shot they cover the spread of 10. Does anybody want to take that? Uh, no, I'm not taking that. You're too passionate. How about how about 14? No, I don't want to touch it now. You scared me. You scared me off it. I'm saying they will win by at least two touchdowns. Nope. You scared the hell out of me. Not doing it. Okay. Corey? Corey, you sound like an alien. <laughs> You're grunting, sir. You're grunting. I don't know, dude. There you go. There you I go. Mean, I mean, it makes sense. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. I just think it's going to hit the over because Justin Fields may get in the end zone once, but I'm telling you, Green Bay is, is going to come back with a vengeance. They, they got blown out week one. They're pissed. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. And they and hopefully they get out on those hard back. And this is going to this is going to look like complete opposite Green Bay team week two. I'm just telling you right now. Can I can I put Green Bay minus nine and a half as a bonus pick in my selection? It's a ten. I'm seeing nine and a half. Okay, I'm on DraftKings. Nobody uses DraftKings, dude. What are you on FanDuel? I use DraftKings. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm gonna wrap this up. What do you? We'll settle what this do you mean as a bonus? Like I get five games. <laughs> Just replace one of yours. No, I can't do that. It's too late. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three, three. God, I hope Green Bay wins. <laughs>